What's up? It's Tommy Green. You're listening to the Rev Talks podcast brought to you by the Rev Gatherings, digital tribe of up-and-comers, emerging leaders, doing our best to keep in step as the face of the church changes in our generation. If this is your first time checking out the podcast, welcome home. If you are a returning visitor, hiya. Feel free to subscribe, share it around, give us a five-star review. Tell somebody. If you like what you hear, please let us know. You can reach out to us at therevgatherings.com. Feel free to email us at therevgatherings at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy the episode. See you on the other side. for two to five years probably to like to introduce our community to this incredible individual um Dugzy, Dougal, Dual McMisteron, the incredible Scottish punk rock subculture professor this guy brought enormous understanding and encouragement to my life um and I've just been waiting for him to have time and space to just share with us. This will probably be the first of a few different conversations that we have. If you've come from an activist culture, um, the punk rock scene, the hip hop scene, the hardcore scene, uh, any any sort of underground movement, it's been my experience with Dukes that in one conversation, a couple conversations with him, he, he, he articulates what we sort of call the intrinsically prophetic nature of subculture um, brings a level of dignity, understanding, wisdom. Uh, studied subculture ministry here in the states, but just lived it, and so had such a internal sort of knowing about it all, um, and is able to articulate it so well. To be honest with you guys, he's had a couple of pretty significant health crises in the last couple years, and so his speech has changed. So. You might notice in the recording that he has a bit of a stutter. Um, that wasn't there a couple years ago. This is a new development, but I also know our community. And so regardless, the, the gold and the wisdom and the person, um, please, uh, if, you, if, you, if you find it challenging, uh, deal with it. it it's worth it. Um, friendship, relationship, people, more important than than nearly anything for me. And so I just want you guys to give special grace to Dukes um, as he sort of unpacks subculture ministry and shares a little bit of his heart. Uh, this will probably be the first of a few different conversations we have over the years. He's uh, he to me, he's just a, an, an incredible human. I love him dearly, and uh, I'm so excited for you guys to get a chance to hear from the great and awesome. Dougal. Okay, so I'm saying this out loud just so that you can hear it. So, uh, Dugzy, Dougal, oh. Mr. Ron, the, the, great, the great and powerful Scotsman of all time, welcome to the Rev Talks podcast. Okay, so this, you were just saying, you felt like God gave you a word when you first got saved that he was going to quote unquote, like re remake you. 
but it was going to come by 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 crushing and yeah I'm, let me let me just f- 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 find it yeah man the good old uh, good old Isaiah where 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 are we um Was it 29 or 30? Um, uh, I get them mixed up because, um, yeah, maybe it's 30. Sorry, this is what a great podcast. It's like, hi, everybody, we're just going to go quiet while we read our Bibles. Yeah. So, do this while you're looking it up too. So I first, I'm trying to think of um, <clears throat> uh, when when did we, as you're as you're thinking about this whole thing, yeah. When did we first meet? Oh, well, twenty fourteen at meltdown, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was. Uh, yeah, must be about then. It was that 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 the meltdown conference. It was at Kevin Lee, and the sun was shining, which is unusual for the UK. I remember I had such a great trip. It was like sunny. I went for a run. I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Wales is beautiful. This is great. This this whole Welsh countryside is just so gorgeous and sunny." And everyone's like, "This is not real. This is not. Yeah. Real. <laughs> is it?" So. But okay, so but I feel like our paths crossed, but I don't I didn't meet you at any of the cornerstones. So talk a little bit about kind of who who you like who you are, where you are, because I want to set the table for people to hear you when you talk about the the wisdom, the beauty, the strategy of subculture and why subcultures are so important. Maybe to the heart of God, what what do subcultures showcase? What's so important about them? But who are you, and what? Why would I have crossed paths with you? Um, um, but, 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 I don't know why. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> just, 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 just because like calls out to like, weird knows weird when it sees it, you know. <laughs> So awesome. like, I, I think like so. I'm, I I am a, became a Christian when I was twenty one, and I was like really involved in underground music in Scotland and stuff at that point, and putting on shows and playing in bands. And it took a while for me to negotiate what that really meant for me as a Christian. Mm. And uh, so uh, I just spent. I, I was like really kind of, I was I was really serious when I became a Christian, and I was like, "Great God, well if it means I have to give all this up, then that's c- cool." Um, and there was some negotiation that went on the, 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 there, um, and some some of it I kept, and some of it I just had to hold gingerly, and some I just had to let go for a while, you know, mm. um, because it had a hold of me, you know. Yeah, uh, like, like, like it was like, oh, what do you mean, Pearsons don't make me a better person? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, um, oh, uh, okay, well, I guess I should take 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 them out then. Um, and then later on, 
it was fine again once I'd got my head around it and stuff. But um, yeah, so then I, eventually um, I was always going to shows in my hometown in this place called Livingston, and it's just a, it's just like a nowhere town with nothing there. It's a big housing estate, so you just have a really rich internal fantasy life, and you just have to make anything happen. You just have to. If anything's going to happen, you have to make it happen. Wow. So for the DIY, before we knew what DIY was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I just always stayed involved in the scene and started p- p- putting on shows and started um, booking t- tours for American bands in the UK. Uh, and then when I... When I first became a Christian, God was like, look, some of this is just not working for you, this music. Just wow. not because it's like satanic or whatever, but it just was like, either it was like this big idol for me mm. or like it was just feeding a part of me that really didn't need fed. So, oh, okay, okay. You, you know, I mean, like some of it, so, some of it, you, you know. Um, so like... I just had to, I didn't burn my CDs or anything, but about half my CD collection went in a bag that I called Gehenna. And I just p- put that under my bed. And, <laughs> and I was like, if you want to give me that b- b- back at any point, Lord, you know, that's cool. And most of it, like I'm, you know, I'm quite happily listening to the Exploited again and things like that. Yeah. And, um, and so, so some of it, I'm just, I've just never naturally just never returned to you know okay um, yeah and, and that, you know that's that's fine like so I'm, I'm a bit like yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not listening to a, 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 a penis envy by crass or anything anymore you know stations <laughs> of the cross but it's just more a uh, the fact that i just can't be bothered with it then i'm like ooh, well you know they are morally yeah. evil i'm just like the tunes are great i just can't be bothered with your bollocks you know yeah. um, you just say that. so so um yeah 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 after a while I, I kind of thought by about 2009 i thought god was calling me to become a monk and uh wow. on about yeah about 2008 2009 um and my it just coincided with my band at the time getting a show at cornerstone and my friend's band uh they were in a band called rodent emporium uh they they got a show at Cornerstone as well through like Flatfoot 56. So mm-hmm. they were recording a single in my house and Flatfoot came and stayed with me on tour. Wow. And uh, I was like, I can't believe you're recording when I've said I've got friends coming, you know? Yeah, yeah. So they were, and Flatfoot were like, you guys should come and play Cornerstone. So Cornerstone 2008, um, we went and just had this mind-blowing experience where it was like, it's real. It's really real, you know, and it's really good because there's nothing really like like that in the UK. And then um, we toured. Uh, I toured with my friend's band for like six thousand miles to do five shows in our festival because we just didn't have a clue what we were doing. <laughs> and two of the one of the shows got cancelled. Two of them didn't realise we were coming. <laughs> I mean, it was, but. I mean, like Rodent Emporium are just—they're just really good band, and they're good, 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 great people. So it was this life-changing experience 
And they got they got this little record deal. So we came back to Cornerstone in 2009. And I was like, really was thinking, I think God wants me to become a monk. Mm. And in that week of Cornerstone, I spoke to a few people and um, it just all sort of clicked where it just became like, no, I don't think God is calling me to become a monk. I think he's calling me to study. And I met a girl who said, oh, you should come and study subcultures at this at Northern Seminary in Chicago. They're just starting up this course. And then my pops, Bawinkle, like Tobin and, and you know, the Bawinkle dad was like, Diggs, you need to come and live with us. And, yeah. You know, it just all worked out. And then for that next year, all the doors to Chicago opened. And at the same time, everything that I was doing in the UK just naturally shut down. Like my band kind of stopped. The shows that I was putting on with this little collective, like everybody else was just getting really good at putting on their own shows. I didn't need to do it anymore. Mm. You know, like it, it just it just was like, well, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm done here. So, wow. and I went and spent three years studying getting class credit in a seminary for reading books about punk rock and goth. <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> so then what, so, okay. So talk about, maybe talk about this. What was the weirdest, what was your introduction to Sleeping Giant? Oh man, my, so my, 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 I went, we were at Cornerstone 2008 and there was just like so much hardcore. And I'd, I'd actually heard some sketchy rumours about Sleeping Giant. Uh, and, and I'm shallow enough just to listen to rumours. So folk were like, oh, he, that guy Tommy baptises people in the name of the Father and the Son, but not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> 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 yeah, he doesn't believe in the Holy Spirit, that guy. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't believe. So, oh, is that a real rumour? Yeah, that was a real rumor. No, wait, so, that I, so, didn't, I didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. Oh, so oh. my my friend, yeah. <laughs> so my, my friend Jed was just he just wanted to see something that wasn't just a really bad hardcore band. Yeah, he'd seen this sleeping giant. He thought I'll give it a shot. And Jed isn't a Christian, and he came back and he said, "Man, they were amazing." Like, they were really good. I mean, the singer goes on a bit, and you, and his words were, I had to develop a healthy cognitive distance. <laughs> <laughs> but the riffs were crushing. <laughs> so I was like, all right. And then the next year, we came back, and I hadn't, um, my, my, oh no, it was in 2010, I came back to Cornerstone for the third year in a row, you know, it's like, I can't believe we've ever been able to come here once, let alone in a row. And I can't believe I'm moving here in like 10 weeks or whatever. And then my girlfriend got really sick uh, and had to go to hospital. And for some reason, all these wiry hardcore kids kept on coming up to me and saying, dude, I want you to know I'm praying for your like girlfriend. I'm praying for your wife. And I was like, um, all right. I was like, what's going on? And apparently apparently this is the chat you'd said something from the stage about before we play we're just going to pray for these Scottish guys and um, 
and and like it was like and that's why all these hard, hard hardcore kids were coming up to me i was like i'm not even married what's going on man and, <laughs> but it was so nice <laughs> We're like, we're, 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 we're off, but we're in, you know? It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Still never seen a sleeping giant show. <laughs> it's like, it, 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 it's like, sleeping giant were one of these bands that I'd, I knew of, and everybody that I knew had seen, but I just, for some reason, I just, it was like, oh, I think I'll go and see sleeping giant, and then ended up t- t- talking to a friend for, you know, like what, what Cornerstone was like, you know, you're, yeah. You, you, you get up, you walk 10 paces, and it's like, hey, dude, what's going on? And you're like, whoa. 45 <laughs> yes. minutes later, you're like, did we miss the set? Yeah, we did. Yeah, 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 man. It's like you're just 100 paces from the stage, you, you know? <laughs> but you just, but your back's been turned the whole time. Yeah. So, so that, that was, that was my, my, my um, that was my uh, sleeping giant experience. Up to the point, even, I moved back to the UK. And when I heard that you'd been announced to speak at this co- co- conference, I was totally like arms folded. You know, like, all right, you know, we'll see how this goes. I'll be the judge of this. You, you, you know, <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> who does this kid think that he is? No, well, so um, it's such a big problem in subcultures, the way because we mistake uh, somebody in a band for being a leader, mm-hmm. and like, or like, because somebody can lead a band, does that mean that they can lead a flock? You know, and sometimes it really does. You know that like to- Tobin Bawinkle, completely legit, uh, Sean from Grave Robber, he is absolutely that man. You know. But, but but then we've all been at that talk where somebody's got up and said, uh, so I'm in this band and I've been asked to talk and uh, heresy, 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 you know? <laughs> sure. Uh, so we get these things mixed up. So it was like, oh, is this just going to be another face just to sell tickets? Or is this somebody that... Yeah. can actually come and teach and bring something that's going to be worthwhile for for my community. Wow. And, um, and you know, fair, fair play, I'd give you a solid six and a half, seven out of ten. <laughs> Yo, that's that's gracious. I appreciate it. Uh, no, no, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a really good, 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 good weekend. And like, uh, yeah, it was exactly, it was definitely what I needed. It was clearly what everyone there needed so they are yeah that's okay so talk a little bit about this because i feel like the thing that i i i grabbed so much i had so much joy hearing you when we were sitting at that we're, we're at meltdown just in the building where the the all the where the campsite is and stuff yeah. and talking about you know pop uh High cultures like the superstar destroyer, you know, it's just lumbering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, talk a little bit about subculture and subculture ministry, and just kind of go so that anyone that is a fan of either the hardcore scene or the punk rock scene or the hip hop scene or whoever's listening to this, yeah, talk a little bit about subculture and and what why is that important and what is that? 
so, so subculture is just it's an amazing thing yeah so i define i used to define subculture as just like a group of people but it's 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 different from that it's it's um it's a group of people who identify through a shared collection of symbols um and that that collection of symbols can be like um usually it's music's often a big one but style form of dress uh tattoos facial hair hair mode of speech you know these things are are all like these commonalities uh sometimes there's politics and whatever especially if you're a skinhead but 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 um so basically and subcultures really set really within that punk goth skinhead um some form of hip-hop the underground sort of scene and it's a really interesting phenomenon because if you look at the two cultural movements at the end of the 20th century that changed everything they were punk and hip-hop you know and the kids that came out of that are literally running the world now you know the kids that started that are all 50 and 60 um and they're like they're 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 following through mm-hmm. and i would say that the nature of subculture is like inherently prophetic uh, i'll get back to that but if you if you are involved in a subculture yeah uh, so, like, say uh, you're in a, I don't know, hardcore, yeah? Like, you have to go out of your way to find that, to engage with that. Mm. Even with the internet, you know, like, you can you can find out about it, but to take part, you, you have to get up and leave your house and, and go to a show, start a band. And it's about participating it's about what you bring as much as what you receive from that community or or it should be when it's healthy just just like church so i want to land with is christianity what is christianity truly so back to where you are but but like so already in subcultures we have a community of people who are self-starters they are under-resourced, you know, under-supported, you know, under-loved. So anything that they've, they want to make happen, they're making it happen against the odds, mm-hmm. yeah? Yeah. And they're making it happen from nothing, you know? Or, or they've got to use what they have, you know, DIY or the, the die. And w- just within that we already have amazing qualifications for leaders, you know? Like self-starters that can just go and do it, you know? And there's wounds that come with that, but there's so much beauty just in that first really general thing, you know? And But then you've got a 
huge bunch of kids who have a really unique view of society, of what's going on. Like, uh, because they are outside of it, in a sense, like, they understand what it's like to be inside of it, and they've rejected that. And so when you travel outside of the city, you have a wide screen perspective on what's going on. You, you know, like, you, you that's naturally prophetic. You can that's see so this. That sounds like the verse where Jesus is like, uh, will you come with me to suffer outside of the camp? Yeah, there's actually, there's, there, there's a, a theologian wrote, wrote a book about that called Outside the Gates. No way. Oh, yeah. yeah, and he's like, look, if you want to be like Jesus, you've got to go and be crucified outside the gates. Like, that, that's what it's about. And so my position is, is that I would say that unless you're willing to leave culture to an extent, um, then there's no way you're going to be able to be Christ-like. Do you think that's important when he leaves the 99 to get the one? Do you think that's an opportunity? Like, even culturally, when, when we have the opportunity to leave the safety of the 99 to go get the, the outsider, the outcast, the one left out, the one left behind, the one despised, do you think that's when we're truly prophetic? Well, I think, like, I just was reading last night about John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you look at the... But a lot of the prophets, like you look at the start of Isaiah, and I, even though Isaiah was, I think he was like maybe the cousin of the king or something, you see him running in from the side of the stage, you, you know? He just kind of runs up from out of nowhere. You know, there's a, I forget the name of the guy, but there was a naturalist, he was a Scot that moved to America and like about 150 years ago. And he said that out of, uh, out of deserts and hilltops, come prophets mm. you, you know like you have to there has to be a certain amount of disengaging with what's going on to be able to see it to be able to get enough distance from it to appraise it and w- what happens is the more you do that mm. the more people will push you away anyway you, you know like we've all had that experience of like Get, get, you know, you, you come home with your nose pierced or your hair painted green and, you know, your parents are like, you're no son of ours, you know, or, or whatever. Um, it, it creates more distance as you go. Uh, so it's, it's kind of like a two-way rejection. Yeah. But, but, but once you get out there, you, you when you look over your shoulder, you've got a, a view. You know, like once you get up the Mount of Olives, you can see all of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. you know yeah. and once you've got that sense of perspective then you can know this is good, this isn't so good this is worth keeping that's worth rejecting wow. you know? but unfortunately what happens though is often we just don't we don't do that, we get really self-righteous uh, particularly in punk rock um, mm-hmm. but there's there's like um yeah, we either get we either get uh, self righteous. Oh, I forgot another thing. There's another thing that happens that's important and super cool. Um, so just feel free to go. Wow. Wow. 
and then, 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 yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that isn't that true? Okay, so the the, the thing is as well is like when you go out, yeah. Like once you've gone out, that's where the people are. Yeah. They're not like you're preaching to the choir in mainstream society. You, you, you know, there's no necessity in mainstream society. Whereas when you go out, you know, and you hear people wailing, like, like, wait. Some cultures, I think, are often young people gathered together against the dark. You know, they're just they're lonely and frightened. And uh, what's that song? We are all we have tonight. Yeah. By the uh, the casualties. I mean that that says it all. Mm-hmm. You know, like if to be in that sort of place of feeling abandoned or so disconnected. You know, it's 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 psychologically da- da- damaging. You know, it's it's d- 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 difficult. Uh, uh, but we're never gonna. You know, but what, what, what's the point in staying w- where we are? Yeah, you can't you can't shout from you can't shout from mainstream society. Hey, it's really good over here. Yeah, you know, but because like. Well, what the things that mainstream society have to offer us, I don't want any of those things. Like I want them, but not on their terms. So basically, power. Jesus says, "Give up your power." You know, uh, wealth. Jesus says, "Don't worry about wealth." And and honor. Yeah, I don't want the honor of men or the honor of this world. I want. God to honor me, but that those are the three things that they offer us. Yeah. Yeah. Hold and on. So, one let me let me stop you there for one second. All right. Okay. So the three promises of the world are power, power honor. Wealth, yeah, power, honor. wealth, and honor. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, you can you can have this too, if you join us. You know. So if you imagine like um, a, a, a guy called Walter Brueggemann in a, an amazing book called Prophetic Imagination, mm. he says, he's like, that's the temple system. Yeah, they're like, come and, come and get involved in the temple system. Yeah, because mainstream society is stagnant. We love the status quo because that's where we get our money and power and honor from. But actually, it's really b- b- boring. So what happens is a prophet will come in from outside of that system and say, well, this is how you change it. And then they kill him. Yeah, <laughs> like basically, like often quite horribly. And so so, so the, what they'll often do, and you see this with subculture kids, it happens a lot, is they'll say, hey, we, we, you can be one of us. You can join us because you're such a rebel, you know? You're so radical, you know? And then if we believe that, it's like radical compared to what? You know, but these things feel like compliments, eh? 
like, oh, you're just, oh, you're so out of the box, blah, 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 blah. And then we start thinking, yeah, I'm radical. I'm weird. I'm, I'm, I'm weird. I'm the odd one, you know? And we start identifying like that. Well, then they've neutered us. Mm. Because then we become unrelevant to the folk in our scene. Yeah. You know? Um, and we're never really part of the mainstream culture because, you know, to to them we're just a novelty. Like we're just a bit of a we're 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 an exciting diversion for a while till they get bored with us, and it's something that we've really got to protect. I think people coming up in subcultures from is getting getting enticed by that narrative, you know, build your brand, you know, we, and, and I mean, like I'll not name names, but we can see there are popular authors that trade on it, you know, like, oh, I've got tattoos. Yeah. It's not a big deal. It's like, well, why are you saying it then? You know, yeah. why is every single photo of you in a sleeveless shirt with these, but you know, it's like, if you've got tattoos, that's fine. Why are you trading on it? You know, or like, you know, I'm, I'm rebellious. I've got a little Mohican. And it's like, piss off, you know? <laughs> For you, so there's something inherently prophetic about subculture ministry, what we're seeing with, and it's, and it's about how it relates to, um, there's a couple different things. There's what maybe the mainstream culture offers. These people yeah. say, not interested. Yeah. That gives them perspective. It also gives them a different version of power, also gives them a different version of wealth, different version of honor. It can do, yeah, yeah. And that, that's to be avoided. So that, 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 the problem happens, yeah, is when we start feeling like we have to pick a side. Hmm. You know, it's like, right, well, I'm too punk rock for my church, and I'm too church for my punk rock friends. So it's a bit like we're we're being pulled by these two forces of gravity, yeah? yeah, saying that we have to be either or. So usually in missions, it takes three to five years to become acculturated. So I think that actually for subculturists, it takes three to five years to become comfortable in that place. But for that three to five years, but until they be, can become what a theologian called Jung Young Lee and his book Marginality calls both and, yeah, they're stuck in this place of either or. And, 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 and that's necessarily a place of repentance because one day you're getting pulled in one direction and you need to repent from that. The next you get pulled in the other direction you know, screw those church guys. My scene is my home. Those guys don't judge me. You know, and then the next day you're like, screw those guys. They won't accept my faith. <laughs> I'm going to the church, you know. Okay, so it's a place of constant repentance, you know. But if we stick it out, we can become both and, mm. you know. And then that's... Dude, that's it's a, it's a horrendously violent process to, to, to manage. You know, it's really difficult psychological like, space to manage. Interesting because I would characterize 
like I would call subcultures for the most part. Well, and maybe you can maybe you could counter this or help you know whatever. So it's like three three types of cultures. What we're talking about, like high culture, yeah, yeah. pop culture, and folk culture, and that uh, subcultures are like folk cultures are like belief, pop cultures are mass, and high cultures are tradition and like momentum. So yeah. I feel like looking at America right now. The, the Black Lives Matter movement is a folk culture movement. It's yeah. inherently prophetic. It's coming in from the side, slamming into the status quo of America yeah, yeah, and saying, yeah. look at our pain, hear our voice, look at our people. You can change. It's possible. And there's such resistance and craziness and people want to take the prophet out and kill it. But you're yeah. saying to become part of the... To, to, to learn to navigate the push and the pull, because that's how it feels in America, is we, yeah. as in American culture right now, we are being slammed into by, I believe, a, a prophetic force for justice, for equality. And, and then there's, there's carry-alongs and there's bedfellows on either side that suck, yeah. but there's a very real voice for writing the historical wrong of slavery and its foundation and the racism and all that so there's this prophetic thing slamming and i feel like i hear a lot of everyday people are feeling the tension of pick a side pick a side so speak to that for a second like there's a culture of justice and equality that needs to be heard there's the status quo of like there's all this drama on both sides so i don't know what to believe so don't tell me you're right and i'm wrong uh, screw you, go away. So talk a little bit about the tension when the prophetic voice of belief slams into the status quo. What would you say? I, I mean, I, I, whenever the prophetic voice slams into the status quo, it just gets ugly. It's, you know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's designed to cause tension. Mm. You know, and you, like, you ha and that's really necessary. Like Martin Luther King talked about becoming gadflies for for creating tension. Um, like and and it works in all these different ways. Like if you've got if you've got a 13 inch pink Mohican and you walk into a church, you might suddenly feel a bit of tension. <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to do anything, you know? You, you're just creating it. Um like if you walk I mean if you walk into a a, a, a punk show with a, you know, abortion is mean patch. You, you're going to create some tension, you, you, you know. Sure. And, and and like, but that tension is like that's the tension where we can grow and learn. You know, it's like a that's where the cognitive dissonance is. Mm. Yeah. So like, punk rock. Was early punk rock was influenced by an art movement called Dada in the sixties, which was like this really surreal. I think it was started in Spain, you know, the Situationists, and they would just be deliberately as weird as possible. Mm. And the, the whole point was, if you want to help people imagine a new future or a new possibility, you've just got to confuse them, you know. You've got to get them into a place where they're like, right, what, what, what's going on? Like, is this, is this okay? You know. So, yeah. like, I was, I was in a band 
called 100 Philistine foreskins, which is a Bible quote. And we had both Christians and non-Christians for different reasons saying, is, is that okay? You know, can, that, can you do that? <laughs> and, and, like, like, and, and like the reason we kept the name is because when we talked about it, we spent four days going, is that okay? Can, yeah. can, we, can we do this? Apart from the fact that it's just funny. But, but, but I think like, um, like it's just a re- re- really important to be brave and be bold. Like the Bible says cupboards go to hell. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and like often I think that we interpret that through our Western John Wayne lens, you know, but I think the, the, the real courage is entering into a situation or someone else's space or holy space and shutting up. Wow. Like, like somebody asked Mother Teresa once about prayer. And uh, apparently they said, what do you ask God for when you pray? And she said, nothing, I just listen to him. And he said, "That's a, the, the journalist said, that's amazing. What does God say? And Teresa replied, nothing, he just listens to you, you know, and like God's example to us is he just listens. Mm. Like God listens to me 99.999% more of the time than he speaks, you know. And often when he speaks, it's just to say, I'm here. Wow. You know, like, what, what was that? A, a, like, I think we, we expect God to intervene, and we do have a God that intervenes. But we forget that even if he doesn't intervene, he's still involved. Yeah. Like, he's still here with us. And so the first thing I think we need to do is to be open to the tension, be b- brave enough to just sit with the tension mm. and experience it and and allow it and 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 just listen <laughs> like just so, be, talk be, about, so talk about that in terms of subculture kids right well because you said okay so there's a couple things you touched on yeah the two main subculture movements in the 19th or 20th century that really have changed a lot of the whole world at this point yeah. is the punk rock scene and the hip hop scene. Yeah. How? So basically they were both kind of doing the same thing. Now I'm, I'm, I'm really not a specialist on hip hop. Um, I've got a lot of books on hip hop, not read any of them yet. <laughs> but, and, and, I, and, I, and I was a break dancer when I was seven. So, <laughs> so I mean, like you know, a Scottish break dancer. All right, big man, pure body pop and that. No, so, yeah. so um, basically, the the very first thing they were do, doing was cutting up stuff and recontextualizing it to make it mean different things. So, for punk, that was like, well, I'm just going to safety pin the arms of this jacket onto that jacket mm. you, you know i'm 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 gonna take the detritus 
of society. And I'm going to reconfigure it into something that's beautiful. And even if it's not beautiful, it's still mine. Mm. And I'm going to use that to set myself apart. Mm. You know? And like, so for me, I see in that an attempt at holiness. Yeah, it's There's like a version of consecration. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I never... Like, the, the whole, like, Jesus is a punk thing, I was always a wee bit suspicious about, you know, he's kicking over tables. But the the thing that got me about Jesus was he kept on saying, kept on calling people hypocrites, <laughs> you know? Like, he was like, this is nonsense. And I was like, yeah, it is nonsense. Finally, someone is saying it, mm. you, you, you know? And he's like, I don't want to be any part of this. I was like, neither do I. <laughs> Can I be a new gang? You know, the fact that he was subversive doesn't mean that he was a hip hop kid. The fact that he was subversive doesn't mean that he's a punk rocker. The fact yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't mean he's your political ideologue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The love of God just subverts all of our BS systems all the time when it comes to people, mercy, connection. Yeah, 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 man. But for you, that's what stood out was him, the subversive nature. He was indiscriminate in his truthfulness like no 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 that's and you're like yeah yeah. i have those same things wow okay and 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 so in hip-hop you have a similar critique yeah like everything about us is no 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 not not right there's a lot here that's not not right and when i was a little child i kind of resonated with that anger Mm-hmm. But as I grew up a bit, I was like, this context is just so different, you know? Yeah, it's um, not your world. Not your world at all. Yeah, yeah. And, and and like, but also in the way that hip-hop started making music, it was all sampling. Yeah. You know? And so both hip-hop and punk are rooted in redemption. Mm-hmm. They're trying to take shit and grow roses in it. Mm. You, you, you know? So just within those two movements, there's just this yearning to, to be part of something better, to be part of a solution, to be part of something b- b- bigger, that something that's alternative, something that's not part of all the wrongness. Mm. there's a a a determination to speak truth and to find truth Mm. you you, you know and and there's something inherently hopeful and virtuous within that what do you think is missing then can, can contrast that to the mainstream is there not redemption is there not hope is there not like Talk about that a little bit because I mean there might be, but I, there might be, but I've not found it. <laughs> like, like that's that, that that that's why I started going to punk shows, you know. <laughs> but well, like, what, is, what has changed for you as you've understood your context, and is it still an us versus them? Are you still an and or? Are you are you doing either or? Are you in both and? Talk about I, I, what's changed and what's. I, I, Personally, I'd, I'd like to think that I'm in bo- bo- both and. Mm. Um, 
and I have I have phases of being more than one or more than the other. Sure. And there's different places in the world where I'm more one and like in America, I'm exclusively involved in subcultures in America. Like yeah. like you know I've been at churches where I've not really been involved in subcultures at all in that area. There just hasn't been the opportunity or the time or whatever, you know. So it's different. Just like you know, just like in a town, any any punk scene in any town is going to ebb and flow. You, you know, like it's going to be strong for a few years. Like if if you're in a hardcore scene, every few months it's going to ebb and flow. <laughs> you know, like. The burnout rate in hardcore is just so high. <laughs> it takes a lot of energy to be in hardcore. But, but I, I mean, um, as opposed to goth, goths are in it for years, you know? They're just... They're just they're in gonna, the time. It's, it's dark in there. They don't need to come out. Like, it's... Yeah. You, know, you can play Depeche Mode and... <laughs> listen to Bauhaus, like, anywhere, so... Yeah, 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 yeah man, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I forgot what I could question was yeah i like i like to think i'm thinking about like what virtues have you seen how about this a better way to do it right what Uh virtues have you come to appreciate about the mainstream now that you don't have to necessarily you don't have to agree with it or be part of it but what is a virtue that you wouldn't have seen before you got permission to appreciate your own yeah i think i think just like I think for me, the big recognition has been that people in like the mainstream culture are just sincere people. Yeah, you know, and and like, like, and going to church did that for me. You know, it was like all these people who were first time I turned up at a church, I had dreadlocks past my nipples, my arse was hanging out of my jeans. And I was thinking, wait till they get a load of me. You know, I was still hung over from the night before. I hadn't had a shower for like a month. And yeah. nobody batted an eyelid. Like, they were like, hey, do you want a cup of tea? They were just really cool. And that put me off guard because I was expecting them to be sketchy. And I think, like, I've come to realise that if that's what people want, you know, if they want the job and the 2.4 kids and the house in the suburbs or whatever, like, if that's what they want and that's what they're happy with, that's okay. Like, that doesn't make them a bad person. Yeah. Whereas 20 years ago, I would have just thought they're they're just bad for that, mm. you know, or stupid or whatever. Yeah. But then that's, that's about me dealing with my anger, mm. you know? Like that's that's like the Bible says the anger of man does not achieve God's ends, yeah? Yeah. And so so anger is a helpful thing. Like John Lydon says, you know, anger is an energy. And it is. And it's it's a good thing and it keeps you going. And it and and it kept kept me warm at night for a long time. And then it just stopped working for me. Wow. And it just started be I just started becoming a nasty person, you know? And and you just got to deal with it, like. And as you deal with that, like, I used to think that bands got crap when they got into their late thirties. I was like, oh, well, they just lose their edge, 
you know, because they stop being hungry, they stop being angry. And I just realised they just get tired of it. You just yeah. get tired of being angry. Exhausting, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like the fire. It's fire. It's just like like that's Johnny Live. That's from that's Johnny Rotten. Yeah, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Like, so yeah. It, it, that whole thing. I I think it could be anything. I had a friend named Minda Marguero, and she's a poet. She's a crazy uh, writer. She came to our house church some years ago and did a reading, and it was beautiful. And she talked about desire and the desire for romance and she wrote a poem about a relationship she had with this um, man and, and that they both were deeply interested in one another, but they just knew for some reason it wasn't the right thing. And yeah. she called it the fire. And she talked about it, the fire, if it was a fire, it would be, if, 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 if they treated the fire with the respect that it deserved, it would be a hearth that they could warm their families around. But if they dishonored it, it would become a fire that would burn their house down. Yeah, and so yeah, I, just, yeah, yeah. I think anger that way, you know, if like you use it the right way, it can warm a whole apartment building, or if you let it get out of control, everything's in ashes. And I think that's the only way we've learned how to use anger for most of us. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. a driver, but it's we all know those. We've all met those guys in the scene as well who are in their forties, and and it's like, dude, give it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, but they've got a death grip on it. You know, yeah. I, I, like I'm committed. And it's like, man, you know, like, it's okay to let it go for a while. Yeah, you, 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 well, tell, tell me this, because I feel like you just, you shared this story. So t- talk about the church. Is the church a high culture? Is the church pop culture? Is the church a folk culture? Is the oh, church yeah. Jesus in its purest form? Is it a um, subculture? Is it mainstream? Like, what is it when you, when you see it? Um, it's it's all of those things. So you know, if if you're in the old established ch- ch- churches, like Eastern Orthodox, Catholic, it's high culture. You, you know, in a lot of ways. Although weirdly, when you speak to priests, they're usually like really down to earth. Yeah. Um, um. Then I think there's a a lot of churches like the churches that I spend time at like Pentecostal churches and Baptist churches they're like folk culture you know in the UK and then you, you know you've got a lot of main lines uh, which and, and I would say maybe more liberal theology which is a bit more pop culture you, you, you know and so it has the ability to do all of them but then when the sh- when like the dread-headed crusty you walks into some random old person church, they subvert your plan and they just <laughs> and screw you up. So like, what is yeah, it about the church that's, what is it about Jesus that's the most subversive to you? Love. Mm. Love is the most subversive force in the world. Like, like, like love is terrifying. You know, like love is so 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 strong. Mm. It's love is like apparently. um, A friend told me this. I didn't read it myself, but Che Guevara, in his autobiography, he said like love is what will bring the revolution. It's not hatred for the enemy. It's love for your family back home and love, love for your fellow combatants. Mm. 
that's what's going to win the day. You, you, you know? Well, like, so then for you, let me ask you this, because this, this would be a good way to like even bring it in for a landing, is like, who, who was Jesus for you when you first got saved? And then, or who is Jesus to you when you first got saved? And who is Jesus to you now? Uh, wow. I think when I first got when I first got saved, he was my friend. Like he was my best friend. Mm-hmm. Um and that's still the case. But, but but I'm trying to think of the right w- w- word to explain it. Um he's I think now on my better days, he's my singularity. Like he's my base equation. Like it, it because like I keep on saying to people, like I I've got a lot of atheist friends and, and and stuff, a lot of very pluralist friends that say like, oh well, what about this about God? What about this about God? And I'm like, no, I'm a Christ Ian. You, you, you know what I mean? Like I'm a, I'm a Jesusian. I'm not a Godian. I follow Jesus, mm. and J- Jesus is the hinge on which I swing. L- like I, I think I've told you before, before about like everybody keeps on saying think out of the box, and it's like as long as you're trying to think outside the box, you're still using the box as your primary referent. Yeah. Like fuck the box. Jesus is it's the primary referent. Mm. And I'm really seeing, I'm a wee bit concerned, I'm seeing a big thing in subcultures at the moment about issues, you know, safe spaces at shows, trans rights, sexuality, um, and everybody's got an opinion, you mm. know, especially in the Christian kind of world, the Christian and and like people are talk, talking about politics left right up down and i'm like the, the only thing i want to t- talk about is jesus mm-hmm. the only person that really matters is jesus mm. and 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 he's he's it that's 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 it like, it's not like it's like you know I could talk about subcultures because I'm blue in the face, but I'm, I'm, but you know at the end of the day all that's wheat and chaff, and will blow away, and all there is is Jesus. Like he's the ultimate and only reality. Mm. He's, he's, he, 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 he's all we've really got at the end of the day. <laughs> you know? Like, so when I think and I sing we are all we have tonight, I'm just thinking of me and Jesus. Mm. And, yeah. and that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. It has to be.
Like, I don't want to be a hyphenated Christian. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? C.S. Lewis talked about the danger of being, like, there's that old song, I am not a Christian punk, you know? Like, like people are going on about, like, well, I'm a liberal Christian, I'm a gay Christian, I'm a conservative Christian, I'm this, I'm that. It's like, I'm just a Christian. I'm, yeah. I, I, I just want Jesus. And bollocks to the rest of it. Like, I, I would leave the scene today if, if that's where, where I thought the Lord was leading me, you know? And, I, like, yeah, it would hurt because I, I, it's a part of my life and I love it. But I'll, t- I'll take Jesus. God help me take Jesus oh, man. over anything. Yeah. Any day. Wow. And and anything else is idolatry. Gosh. I, 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 and I say that as an idolater. <laughs> like, you, you, oh, right. you, yeah, like with my own my own little my own little idols all lined up. Oh, oh. Yeah. Totally. Well, I think so let me ask you this question. What, what do you have going on outside of healing? Because you've gone through an insane season for the last year, right? Physically, yeah. mentally, emotionally, just a lot of stuff coming, coming out, finally. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Being put, coming out and vomit. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for you... What is a way, like, I'm saying this for people, if, if there was something, when people hear this podcast and they hear you, if their heart is in, their, is in your direction, I say this all the time, if any of the Rev kids, anybody hears this and uh, their heart is in your direction, what can we be believing for, for you? Oh, man. Um, I don't, I, it, it's going to sound horribly pious and, 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 like totally Sunday school, but, 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 but more Jesus. Well, <laughs> 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 like, like you know, like I, I really feel like God has been really pray that pray that God convicts me of my sin. Wow! Like, pray that I have the courage to face that and repent. Mm. And and in doing so, pray that I have just enough faith to accept His forgiveness wow. and His and His love and acceptance. Like because at the center of it, like I, I spend all my time, I, like I read books every day, right? I read books about theology, I read books about sociology, and I just keep coming back to this place of like I just want to get it, Lord. Like what's what you've done for me, yeah. right? What you've done for us, like I just let me just get it. Mm-hmm. If I can just the times that that have been best in my life is when I've it's just made more than cognitive sense, but I just I just get it that you do love me. Wow. But, but like the that that that's the heart of the good gospel, and. It's funny because, like, I can talk about strategies for ministering in subcultures and stuff like that. 
but, but, but ultimately, just it's just Jesus, you know. Like that's in the Bible. That's Paul's Paul's solution for everything is the gospel. Mm. Yeah, he's like you just need to get it. Mm. So just pray, pray that I get it. Yeah, I like that. Sorry, I mean, I know I don't mean to be like, hey, I'm so spiritual, kids, or, or whatever. I mean, uh, also, feel free to pray for, for a guitar. <laughs> but, you know, I would, I would like more money and a better job and a book deal. But, <laughs> but first and foremost, <laughs> just pray that I can get it. Dukes, where can people find you? They want to hit you up and ask questions and chat with you or anything like that. Where can they figure? Where can they find you and pick your brain? Um, fa- Facebook, Dougal McMister on. You need to send me a message. If, if you send me a cold friend request, I'll just ignore you. Um, and if you send me a message, it'll take probably a lot, lot long time for me to get back to you because I just find it really stressful. <laughs> oh, oh, or, or just c- c- come and live with me. <laughs> like, I've got, I've got see, 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 seriously, like, I just get in touch with Tommy and tell Tommy to send me an email and say, oh, by the way, this person's coming to stay with you for like three months. I'll be like, yeah, that's cool. I'll be out there in like two months. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to say prayer words for you, Dukes, right now. And then um, thank you so much for spending time with me. And just, thank you. Can we do, can we, can I unpack more in the next couple of months with you? Is that okay? Can I? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On this? Because I really feel like, uh, you know, the face of the church is changing, bro. It's just changing. And I think we're, we're shedding the snake skin. We have a yeah. chance to be really powerful in the next couple of of cycles of people and I just want it I want it to be real so anyway all right well father I just pray for dudes right now God I I pray that um, the same prayer that he asked for him I pray that for everybody I pray that for myself that that you would convict us of our sin like where we're where not only where we're just a full-on rebellion of the heart but where we are just we are aiming at target a and we miss, where we are just missing it. God, I pray that you would convict us of the sin there. And I, I really pray, God, that you'd give us um, grace and, and the ability to, to be like, to understand forgiveness, to, to enter into the fullness of your, 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 your mercy and your, your begin again, try again, try again. I, I believe in you. The, the rebirth in every moment that you offer. God, give us grace to experience rebirth with you. And I, I just pray that in the midst of all of the, the words that, that um, subcultures, the, the, the undeniable belief, the, the outsiderness, the prophetic um, objectivity, the, the ability to see the perspective, God, it can save the world. And so, uh, I just pray that you would you would continue to, to to build into our hearts an understanding of the gospel, that the gospel is the answer. 
And what is that? And so, Lord, please uh, help Dukes to get it, God. And, and in, in the, he'll never get it that that'll be the, you got it. You're never going to get it <laughs> for all of us, Lord. And um, God, I do pray for a guitar. I pray that um, for a book deal. I pray for a good job. I pray for plenty of finances. I pray for his body. I pray for his mind, any of the um, psychological and um, issues that he's been dealing with in his mind, all of the anxiety and all of the um gosh, like the physical effects of, of some of the stuff that he's carried with him for so long. God, that he's in a beautiful time of falling apart and being rebuilt and being reformed, that he himself is in a time of reformation in you. God, I, I just thank you that you're going to preserve and protect his life. I pray, God, that you would actually bring him to perfect soundness, in his mind, his will, his emotions, his ability to communicate, God, I pray that you would you would inspire and lead him and direct him to, to put out the things that you've put on the inside of him, to pull those things out and show them to the world um, as a gift. And I just thank you so much for my brother. I thank you for the, the journey of his life. I thank you for the wounds that have marked his life. I thank you for the way that you've provided for him and led him. And uh, I just honor him. So God bless Dukes today. And we just thank you so much for him, God. Jesus' name. Yeah. And, and, and I ask, Lord, for the, all the Rev folk that you, you just let them know that you are with them. Remind them wherever they are, scattered about the globe, lonely and sometimes dead, desperate. Well, let them know that you are with them and bless them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Father. Well, let them feel warm in the cold and let them know your light in the darkness and your encouragement when they're down. That even when they feel desolate and abandoned, they would know that they are loved by you more than anything. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, man, I don't pray with the Holy Spirit thing. I don't know if you knew that or not. I don't pray that with Father. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that. Anyways, all right, well. Um, I, watched, I watched footage of you baptizing folk at Cornerstone like a hawk. I was like, <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit. Is he like, He's I was like, okay. Carry on, you're free to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Dougal McMisteron, you are the best. Love you a ton, and I'll talk to you soon. B -b -b Bless all y'all. Yeah. <laughs> so good.
Hey you guys, Tommy Green here. Just want to say thank you again for listening to this episode of the Rev Talks podcast. Our hope with each and every episode is that it would encourage you, maybe give you a reason to have a laugh, expand your capacity on the inside to love and empathy, appreciation, hopefully make your world just a little bit bigger and uh, give you faith, hope, for the future. If you like what you heard, again, please share, subscribe, give us a good rating, give us some good feedback. Over all of this, thank you so much for taking us with you uh, in a small part of your day, on the drive, on on the run, you know, just as you're going about your day. Thank you so much for sharing uh, some time of your life with us on this podcast. Um, To connect with us, you can email us again at therevgatherings.com and we will see you on the next episode. Love you guys. Bye. Uh, just a quick sort of uh, promotion or commercial. Um, th- a lot of you guys know that Chrissy and I have a high commitment um, to the struggle and the fight to end uh, human trafficking in our generation. Uh, many of you guys know that we are the directors of a nonprofit called Run Against Traffic. And um, if you have any interest at all in joining the fight with us, if you are a runner or a walker or someone that cares about uh, seeing the survivors Um, of human trafficking restored, seeing their lives put back together again after, you know, whatever circumstances and situations have brought them through this like terrible journey of force or fraud or coercion um, at the hands of human trafficking. uh, We would just encourage you to visit um, irunagainsttraffic.com. Join the team, run with us. We do a monthly digital run on the 15th of every month. Uh, Pick up some gear, uh, join a local running club and share the fight. Um, A lot of people don't exactly know how to get involved with such a big problem, but we just want to invite you guys to become part of um, the uh, Run Against Traffic community. Um, Share this with a running friend. Tell them about it. Uh, Visit irunagainsttraffic.com to become part of our team today. Join us in the fight to not just end human trafficking, but um, recover and restore the victims of human trafficking in our generation. Appreciate you guys. Thanks.